Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My amazing guest today is someone that I have admired and followed and more recently got better acquainted with. I want to welcome you, Kathy Loveless, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here today. I'm thrilled that you're here. Kathy, we had a little chat before the show about some things that uh, I think would be really beneficial to our listeners. To, to give them a context, I want them to understand who you are. So our guest today, folks, is an amazing speaker and presenter. And Kathy, you've been doing this for... Full-time for 25 years. A number of years now. Yeah. Full-time, 25 years. Right. And before that, you were in the corporate Yes, and before area. that, probably another almost 20 years of speaking. And, and then in college, I was a debater. And in high school, I was a debater and speaker. And so, We just can't quiet you down. Yeah, nope. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You've always got something to say. But your topics tend to be around leadership and productivity and business topics. Um, this is what you've, you've made your living doing with Loveless Enterprises. And you can, you can look that up online, by the way. If you, if you Google Kathy Loveless, the first hit is Loveless Enterprises, which is how it should be. That's right, yes. So with all of this experience, Kathy, and you've traveled the globe, and you have spoken to thousands of people. And more recently, I'd say over the last maybe five to ten years, You've had some powerful life experiences and transitions, and we were chatting about those just before the show, but these things have all taught you some important things, and um, it comes down to principle, I think. Tell me your, your take on that, just as I introduce it. Principle is powerful because mm. it applies to all of us. And I would say that some of the really important principles that I have come to find to play an important role in my life are, first, number one, we really are responsible for what happens to us in this life. Uh, certainly what, how we react to that which is given to us, but I think there's a great deal of our having a role in what actually comes our way. Mm. Uh, it's a lesson I, have, I learned a long time ago, and it's a powerful lesson. That we have something to do with it. Absolutely. I've, I've taught through my whole career that there are two basic paradigms, that it boils down to a victim paradigm and an agent paradigm. I've heard you teach about similar principles, uh, because I didn't make this up, and neither did you. These are timeless principles. The victim paradigm is one where people get stuck feeling that things happen to them, that they're acted upon rather than things to act. Now, you've got some thoughts about that, too. I do, and I want to tell a Take story. Take it. Run this, with it. This is where I first realized this principle. I have just finished a Ph.D. 
uh, in Washington, D.C., let me say what parts of it. I had done all mm. my coursework. I had um, finished all of the written exams. You had written exams in five areas. And then I'd flown back to Washington to complete all of the oral exams in those five areas. And I was full-time employed by the U.S. federal government here in Utah. And I flew back at the end of those exams. I had passed everything. Hallelujah. This is oh, great. That's a big accomplishment. Passed everything. I came back and I fell. I went to bed, but I couldn't sleep. And uh -huh. as I'm laying there in bed, I said, okay, um, why can't you sleep? And I realized I was discouraged. Um, I was discouraged because I knew that all this that I'd been studying, which was in the field of quantitative data analysis, a lot of statistics, a lot of computer oh programming, um, was not going to be recognized of any value in my current job at that time. I loved my work. Uh but I um, knew it was not going to be meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. They were not going to promote me. There was, there was no relationship to what I had now spent years studying. And as we know, uh, especially with technical subjects, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's so right. So as I'm, yes, I'm laying there in bed, I said to myself, okay, Kathy, what would you like to have happen next? Mm. So I said, all right. And I just made this up. I said, I want the University of Utah to call me up and I want them to ask me to teach a class in quantitative data analysis. That way I will have an outlet to use it. And I want them to have the class taught at night because then I could still stay working in my job during the day, but I'd still have an opportunity to keep fresh in this subject. You just pulled this out of thin air, Absolutely. Basically. I swear this is the truth. Just pulled it out of thin air. Wow. Then, then slowly I fell asleep. Mm -hmm. The next day I went to my job and went into my office and my secretary called me and she said, the, the, the telephone is for you. I picked up the phone and this is what the man on the other line said. Mm. Hello, Kathy. This is Dr. Kemp. I'm director of the Masters of Public Administration program at the University of Utah. Pause. Uh -huh. We were wondering if you'd be interested in teaching a course in quantitative data analysis in our <laughs> master's program. Pause. Oh, and by the way, because all of our students have full-time jobs, uh, we'd like you to teach the class at night. What? I literally got chills up my arm. Yeah. And um, so I got up, went and shut my door, and went and sat back down behind my desk, and I said to myself, Wow. Is this just a once-in-a-lifetime happenstance, or has it happened at other times in my life and I've not really focused on it, and perhaps most important, can I make it happen again? Yeah, that's magic. Yeah. <clears throat> and as I sat there, two other instances of where this exact kind of thing had happened. So I have hmm. taken that first example to my life and um, literally have realized I can make what I want in many instances happen. Now, I add many instances mm, because there uh, are things the, that we get surprised Some with. things just happen. They do. And I, I think that's just part of life, right? I mean, as we human beings go through this earthly existence mm. that we call our life, some things just happen. But we have more to do with our life than we sometimes will realize. Absolutely. 
Um, and that brings us to that what just happened to me that was totally out of left field. Mm. After I then taught at the University of Utah while working this other job for many years, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and time passed, I started my speaking business in 1990. And shortly thereafter, I also started cycling and cycling internationally. And I was cycling the Loire Valley of France, the most beautiful area ever. Castles and sunflowers as big as saucers. My girlfriend and I were the only two grandmothers on the trip, and we were at the head of the pack, which tells you there were no negative symptoms at all. We were doing fabulous. And then when I got home from Paris, I suddenly had the most incredible heart chest pains I'd ever had in my life. Mm. I called my husband up and I said, this is women for you, Mm -hmm. "Um, honey, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to drive myself to the emergency room, (laughs) which I did. And shortly after about five hours of all kinds of tests, the cardiologist came to me and said, you have a fine heart. There's nothing wrong with your heart, but you've got a mass in your lungs. It turned out that with a life of never smoking, I had adenocarcinoma lung cancer. Lung cancer. Lung cancer. Where on Ooh. earth does lung cancer come? I had no idea. Um, there is so much that happened from that point forward. Had my left lung removed. At first, they thought it was stage one. It turned out it was stage four terminal lung Ooh. cancer. I was essentially supposed to die, um, did not. But um, that's an example of something coming to you so out of left field that you just can't prepare for it nor anticipate Mm -hmm. how it's going to change your life. One of the chapters in my book, Kathy, is titled, Surprise! And that's that's the idea. You're going along, you don't expect this just out of... Out of the clear blue sky, boom, something hits you. Yeah, that's right. Does that negate what we were talking about before? I think it um, gives us a richer view of what life is about. Yes, yes. you can. Um, you can. Pr- you can cause certain things to happen, but then also you have to accept things that you mm, that come to you. You know, just completely unexpected. Right. What the next chapter of that piece is, though, is so what do you do about it? What do you do about what it? What do you do about it? Do you lay down and say, oh, I'm just going to die. I got lung cancer. Or do you say, all right, how can I manage this? For me, the most compelling question was when I learned it was terminal. Mm-hmm. The most compelling question for me was, uh, did my life, does my life mean anything to anybody? Have I done any good for others in this life? Mm. And I very quickly had an amazing answer to that question. Wow. You want to hear that story? Yes. (laughs) You've you've got me all fired up now. After the lung was removed and we thought we were going to be okay, Uh they found that there was a spot on my right lung. And that's when the the, uh, doctor said, uh, no, it is stage four, and there's only so much Swiss cheese we can make of the remaining lung as we take out the cancerous pieces. Um, on yeah. that day, my husband was in tears, my daughter, a veterinary 
medical student was going to quit work uh, in Illinois and come home because mom's dying, and my other daughter was terribly upset. It was really one of the saddest days in the Loveless household. Yes, I'm sure. So I went down to my office to just kind of change the temperature of the uh, what we were feeling, and up comes an email on my computer from somebody I didn't know. Hmm. This woman wrote to me and said, Kathy, you spoke at the Utah Junior Miss pageant 30 years ago. I was a contestant, and I just felt like I wanted to tell you today that the words you spoke to me then, 30 years ago, changed my life. In fact, I wanted wow. to be just like you. I didn't know who she was. She didn't have a phone number. So I just returned the email and said, please call me. Well, she did. And it was remarkable to realize that she had felt so strongly prompted at that moment to find me. To reach me, out to you. To reach out to me. We had never talked. I didn't know who she was. Mm. She said, I had felt the inspiration to call you, to find you on the internet, and then to tell you that you had changed my life. And that began a whole amazing journey. One that wow. I'm actually writing about in a book called The Journey That Began With Nine Days. There's been some yeah. remarkable things happen. That is powerful. Kathy, I know that there are some other elements to this story that we'll dig into a little bit as we get into the second half of our program here today. I think you've set it up beautifully. Principles. Principles govern all the outcomes. Thank you. And that, that doesn't mean we control everything that happens. Obviously, we don't. It's not like you signed up for lung cancer. But then what you do with it, that is in your control, isn't it? Absolutely. Always. Yeah. Wow, powerful stuff. Everybody stick with us. We'll be right back. You've heard the question a hundred times. Is the glass half empty or half full? If we are in negativity mode, we see the glass as half empty. Anyone can see it's half empty. When we are feeling negative, we focus on what is missing and lament the lack of water in the glass. When we are feeling more positive, we see the glass as half full. Of course it is half full. Anyone can see that. We focus on what we desire and celebrate the presence of water. Then there are those who see it as completely full all the time. These seemingly crazy people are not just positive, they are pathologically positive. Pathological positivity is an empowering mental supernormality that lifts us above the normal perception of reality. It is a higher level of thinking. We see the glass and our lives as completely full, even in the toughest situations. If you've enjoyed Live On Purpose Radio, then you will love Dr. Paul Jenkins' book on pathological positivity. Available now to order, visit pathologicalpositivity.com to get your copy today. That's pathologicalpositivity.com. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R. 
drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Okay, Kathy, in the first part of our program, we covered a couple of really good things. Principles that potentially can change lives. And it did for some people that you didn't even realize. You shared that story of, of this woman who contacted you decades later and said, yes, you did make a difference. Your life is meaningful and important. I think that's true of every life if we pause long enough to take a look at it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's important that we realize that no matter what we're hit with, we have choices. Mm-hmm. We have a choice to accept and make the best of it. We have a choice to figure out how to make something happen better. Or we mm-hmm. can just lay down and play dead. We see people doing that sort of thing. And I don't mean literally, right. of course. Um, one of the things that happened after my lung was removed mm-hmm. is I lost my voice. And for a professional speaker, it was devastating. I could not talk at all. Oh, this is your tool of production. It's my tool of production. Yeah. Um, I simply could not talk. And that happened for a long time. Um, there was constant pain in the, the place where they cut out the lung, which is in your back. Oh. And people would want to come up and hug me and pat me on the back. And for two solid years, that was very painful. Oh. But perhaps the most interesting thing that happened was the tremendous loss of energy. Mm. I'm a pretty intense person, go pretty strong all the time. Um, I liken it that to if I had 100 pennies of energy before having my lung removed, I was now down to 10 pennies of energy on a very good day. Um, and that usually meant I could get up, shower, and dress, and then I'm done. And I need to go back to bed. Oh, wow. And that lasted for a very, very long time. But here's the lesson it taught me, and that is that we all have a finite number of hours Mm -hmm. and a finite amount of energy, whether it's an amount given to you by having two lungs or an amount given to you by having one lung and no voice. Yeah, whatever that amount is. Whatever it is, it's finite. Well, what it taught me was that I had to, every hour of every day, judiciously edit how I was going to spend my focus, my time, and my energy. And that meant I had to let a lot of things go. I simply could not do everything. Right. And um, I would ask myself each day, what must be done today that if it doesn't get done, this will not be a successful day? Mm. And now think about it. Isn't that a That's good... That's a pretty great yes. question. Isn't that a good way for all of us to live? So it's caused me to analyze everything. I analyze what routes I take, what's Uh the most efficient. I analyze the efficiency of everything because I am so limited on my energy. Now, my energy has improved. I've probably got 15 pennies of energy now, (laughs) but it's not anywhere near. It's not where it was. No, and it never will be. 
Right. So we're proceeding. I'm now recreating my life. It's not going to be what I knew it to be. Mm -hmm. I have to redesign everything. And I figured that this is my challenge to do that. But life had another interesting element in store for me. Mm. My sweetheart that I met in kindergarten, Scott Loveless and I Mm. were in kindergarten on 3rd Avenue in Salt Lake City. But in the end of first grade, I left him and moved south. We re-met in um, my senior year of college and were married about five months later after re-meeting. Someone that you'd known in kindergarten. Yeah, and I didn't remember him, but my mother did. Mm -hmm. But we were married for 40, almost 41 years. And about this point in my cancer story, we realized he was having some serious health problems. Long story short, turns out he has colon cancer. Oh, wow. And for a year, I watched that man lose 80 pounds and lose his life. And he died. Wow. Now, people would say, wow, Mm. lung cancer and colon cancer and the death of your your partner. Ah. It's a lot to deal with. And it is. Absolutely. Without question. Yes. Enormous to deal with. Um, I refer to, first of all, the reality, the, f- the paperwork, the paperwork of death is what I call it. Mm. Um, I, my admonition to everybody is get your trust set up, get all of your finances when you're strong and healthy and both of you are alive, get that done. Um, but then there's also something I call the fog of death. You think you're going through life pretty okay, mm-hmm. but it's only as this fog of death starts to realize that you re- you real or to um, eliminate itself mm-hmm. that you start to realize um, that you've been in a fog for quite some time. Hmm. Well, I'm now past that, meaning I'm functioning again. Yeah, to the point where I have learned so many lessons losing my lung and losing my husband, that if you said to me, all right, Kathy, you get a choice. Your your choice is you're going to have no lung cancer and um, you're going to not learn any of the lessons of having lost a spouse. Or you get to have the lessons that, that you've learned and the things you've learned and um, and have cancer and all that you've been through. Yeah. Believe it or not, I would choose the enlightened more painful, difficult path. Wow. Um, And that's not that I would like to see my husband gone, not that at all. No. But it has been so full and so rich with lessons that I now look upon it as my life's mission to share what I've learned, to help ease the burden of others and to help guide them through whatever it is they will go through. And everyone hearing my voice probably knows or needs to know, we are all going to go through very difficult times. Yes. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. Welcome to Earth. Yes, absolutely. The nature of those different difficult things may change and, and does change from person to person. But the common element is we all get a package, and that package includes pain and difficulty and challenge. You've learned some powerful things. Absolutely. What would you what would you sum up as the most valuable lessons that you've learned 
from all of this? Um, well, I have a profound belief in our Heavenly Father, profound in His Son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I will just... This has all strengthened your faith, oh, too. Oh, uh, tremendously. Uh, they live, they love us, they know us, they know what we're going through, they love us uh, in a way that we just can't even imagine. I know that um, how we treat each other mm -hmm. matters more than we can imagine. I know that families matter, and they're imperative that we do everything we can to teach our children, our grandchildren, um, the lessons that we've learned, knowing full well that in many cases they won't listen to us, but <laughs> that we need to share them nevertheless. Um, I actually looked forward to each day with great optimism. Um, I, I, it's like opening a Christmas present <laughs> and not knowing what's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, so I, I know we have choices and our choice is our attitude and our choice is what are we going to do about that which has been handed to us. And, um, I'm very excited mm. about what's, what lies ahead. You know what? You carry that energy with you too. And as you've shared your story here today, Kathy, I'm, I'm thinking, in losing so much, a lung, a husband, a lifestyle that you were used to, you've actually come to a place where you don't have anything to lose. That's exactly right. Is that weird? <laughs> That's exactly right. I'll tell you an interesting story. Recently, I was speaking in um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, mm -hmm. and it was a full-day program on sales and marketing techniques uh -huh. to a large audience of entrepreneurial businesses. And we had a wonderful morning, then we had lunch, and now we're heading up to the end of the day. And a woman with a very heavy German accent raised her hand, and she said, Kathy, we've been listening to you all day long talking about how to run successful businesses and how to increase your business. And I think that if we did everything exactly as you've told us, that we still wouldn't have the kind of success that you've had. Ah. And then she paused and she said, what's at your core? And hmm. I thought to myself, this is the first time I've ever been asked that from the platform. Interesting. And, um, and I'm going to do the most politically incorrect thing I've ever done. I've never done this in my career. I stood there and said, um, I as you probably know from my introduction and from Salt Lake City, you may have mm -hmm. guessed, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And for the next 30 minutes, I testified of the Savior. I knew full well that this was not what they were expecting to hear. I had Probably not. <laughs> I had prefaced that answer by asking everyone in the audience, how many of you want to hear my answer to her question about what's at my core and what has made me successful? Every person in the audience raised their hand. We want to hear what's made you successful. Mm -hmm. Now, it isn't that that is, oh, it, it's, it was just the weirdest experience. I knew I had stepped in, in um, difficult ground, and I knew that I could be under severe criticism for my answer. But my thought was, so what are they going to do? Cut out my lung? <laughs> oh, whoops! It's already been already done. Already been there. So what are they going to do? Take my husband's life? Whoops! That's been done too. <laughs> oh, you boy. get to a place where you have got you have weathered the storm, and now you just need to stand and speak your truth. 
that's where I'm at. I'm standing and speaking my truth. The principles that we as Christians know to be important principles for living a successful life are true. And mm. um, I don't care how politically incorrect that is to say, it's the truth. You've abandoned this agenda to live by fear, which a lot of the world does. But what do you have to fear? What, it, Kathy, as I get to know you better, you're determined to live by faith, not fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fear doesn't serve us well. No. Uh, what I think would be the saddest thing for each of us is to have our life end and to realize we had it within our grasp to live our lives so much bigger, so much richer, with so much more abundance than we thought we could, and we didn't use that ability. I know life can be abundant. I know things, whatever they are, because they're just things, can flow to you mm -hmm. if you want them. And what I'm talking about are beautiful homes or diamond rings or Rolex watches. Or That's all just stuff. Whatever. It's just stuff. And, um, and it can flow to you or it can flow away from you, um, depending on the kind of value you place on it. And... Um, the value I place on those things are to put them in their right place, which is they're just stuff. Mm. I, I jokingly say my sweet husband loved mm. fly fishing. Oh, yes. He craved it. He f did fly fishing from Alaska to all over. And he handmade all kinds of rods and he hand tied his flies. And the funniest thing, he didn't take a single one of those cherished rods with him when he left he, this earth. He left them? He left them. What? He left them. Right. And we are all going to leave everything that we think is important and valuable. The things that are important and valuable, again, are the love mm. that we share for each other, how we help each other. That's what is going to be remembered. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean... Um, I want to I say something about getting tough on on personal accountability. Okay. Yeah, I think that is so important. I've watched, uh, as we've seen demonstrations throughout the country these last several weeks, and I'm just so concerned about how popular it is to blame somebody else for oh. what you're not, what you don't have, what went wrong with your life. And I want um, to stress how I reject that notion. That it is imperative yes. that we say, I'm responsible for what happened, or I can be responsible from this point on for what I do about what happened. I even, I like to break that word up into two. Response, ability. Mm -hmm. We have an ability to respond. And that doesn't mean that anyone is to blame. That's more of a victim notion anyway, the whole blame thing. But taking that responsibility, your, your, your ability to respond to the situation, whatever it is, even if it's cancer or the death of a loved one or the failure of a business, which I've redefined the way I think about failure too. Opportunities for growth and enlightenment. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Kathy, you have enlightened us today. Thank okay. you. And thank you for your candor and openness. I think it's important to live in a genuine way. The things that are truly important come into clear 
perspective when when we face things like some of the challenges that you've had. And as powerful and amazing as your career has been, I think you're hitting a stride now uh, that is likely to change and maybe even save lives. Thank you very much. That's the power of that authenticity. Thank you. So thank you for being here, Kathy. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Now, how do people get a hold of you if they want to find you? Kathy Kathy at lovelessenterprises.com. Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at lovelessenterprises.com. L-O-V-E-L-E-S-S-E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S.com. There you go. And the website is there too, yes. where they can yes. they can see some of what what it is you're offering yeah. the world, folks. Hopefully, you've gained something from this conversation today that will make a difference for you in your life. And if you have, I'm sure Kathy would love to hear from you about that. I would love to. That would be great. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Well, it's time, everyone. Go live on purpose. 